0: Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 20 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 9 through 11. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him as above he had cited the birds of the air and the lilies of the field that our hopes may rise from the less to the greater so also does he in this place when he says or what man among you lest perchance any one considering how great is the difference between god and man and weighing his own sins should despair of obtaining and so never taken hand to ask; therefore, he proposes a comparison of the relation between father and son. That should we despair because of our sins, we may hope because of God's fatherly goodness. Chrysostom: There are two things behoofful for one that prays: that he ask earnestly, and that he ask such things as he ought to ask, and those are spiritual things, as Solomon because he asked such things as were right, received speedily. Chrysostom. And what are the things that we ought to ask? He shows under the likeness of a loaf and a fish. The loaf is a word concerning the knowledge of God the Father. The stone is all falsehood that has a stumbling block of offense to the soul. Rigmig By the fish we may understand the word concerning Christ, by the serpent the devil himself or by the loaf may be understood spiritual doctrine, by the stone ignorance, by the fish the water of holy baptism, by the serpent the wiles of the devil, or unbelief. Robin. Or bread which is the common food signifies charity, without which the other virtues are of no avail. The fish signifies faith, which is born of the water of baptism, is tossed in the midst of the waves of this life, and yet lives. Luke adds a third thing, an egg which signifies hope, for an egg is the hope of the animal. To charity he opposes a stone, that is, the hardness of hatred. To faith a serpent, that is, the venom of treachery. To hope, a scorpion, that is, despair, which stings backward as the scorpion. Rigmig, the sense therefore is, we need not fear that we should ask of God our Father bread, that is, doctrine or love he will give us a stone, that is, he will suffer our heart to be contracted, either by the frost of hatred, or by hardness of soul, or that when we ask for faith, he will suffer us to die of the poison of unbelief. Thence it follows, if then ye being evil, Chrysostom, this he said not detracting from human nature, nor confessing the whole human race to be evil, but he calls paternal love evil, when compared with his own goodness, such is the superabundance of his love towards men. Chrysostom, Because in comparison of God, who is preeminently good, all men seem to be evil, as all light shows darkness when compared with the sun. To Rome. Or perhaps he is called the apostles evil, in their person condemning the whole human race, whose heart is set to evil from his infancy, as we read in Genesis, nor is it any wonder that he should call this generation evil, as the Apostle also speaks, seeing the days are evil. Augustine, or he calls evil those who are lovers of this age, whence also the good things which they give are to be called good according to the sense who esteem them good. Nay, even in the nature of things they are goods, that is, temporal goods, and such as pertain to this weak life for that good thing which makes men good is God. Gold and silver are good things not as making you good, but as with them you may do good. If then we be evil, yet as having a father who is good, let us not remain ever evil. Augustine, if then we being evil know how to give that which is asked of us, how much more is it to be hoped that God will give us good things when we ask him? Chrysostom he says good things, because God does not give all things to them that ask him, but only good things. Gloss, for from God we receive only such things as are good, of what kind soever they may seem to us when we receive them. For all things work together for good to his beloved. Rigmig, and it be known that where Matthew says, He shall give good things, Luke has, shall give his Holy Spirit. But this ought not to seem contrary, because all the good things which man receives from God are given by the grace of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Augustine. Firmness and strength of walking by the way of wisdom and good habits is thus set before us, by which men are brought to purity and simplicity of heart, concerning which, having spoken a long time, he thus concludes, All things whatsoever ye would, etc. For there is no man who would that another should act towards him with a double heart. Chrysostom. Otherwise he had above commanded us, in order to sanctify our prayers, that men should not judge those who sin against them, Then, breaking the thread of his discourse, he had introduced various other matters. Wherefore, now, when he returns to the command with which he had begun, he says, All things whatsoever ye would, etc. That is, I not only command that ye judge not, but all things whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye unto them. And then you will be able to pray so as to obtain. Gloss otherwise the holy spirit is the distributor of all spiritual goods that the deeds of charity may be fulfilled whence he adds all things therefore etc chrysostom otherwise the lord desires to teach that men ought to seek aid from above but at the same time to contribute what lays in their power wherefore when he had said ask seek and knock he proceeds to teach openly that men should be at pains for themselves, adding whatsoever ye would, etc. Augustine, otherwise the Lord had promised that he would give good things to them that ask him, but that he may own his petitioners. Let us also own ours, for they that beg are in everything, save having of substance, equal to those of whom they beg. What face can you have of making a request to your God, when you do not acknowledge your equal. This is that is said in the Proverbs, Whoso stoppeth his ear to the cry of the poor, he shall cry and shall not be heard. What we ought to bestow on our neighbor, when he asks of us, that we ourselves may be heard of God. We may judge by what we would have others bestow upon us. Therefore he says, All things whatsoever ye would austum he says not all things whatsoever simply but all things therefore as though he should say if ye will be heard besides those things which i have now said to you do this also and he said not whatsoever you would have done for you by god do that for your neighbor lest you should say but how can i but he says whatsoever you would have done to you, by your neighbor, do that also, to your neighbor. Augustine. Some Latin copies add here good things, which I suppose was inserted to make the sense more plain, for it occurred that one might desire some crime to be committed for his advantage, and should so construe this place, that he ought first to do the like to him, by whom he would have it done to him it were absurd to think that this man had fulfilled this command yet the thought is perfect even though this be not added for the words all things whatsoever ye would are not to be taken in their ordinary and loose signification but in their exact and proper sense for there is no will but only in the good in the wicked it is rather named desire and not will not that the scriptures always observe this propriety but where need is, there they retain the proper word, so that none other need be understood. Cyprian, since the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, came to all men, he summed up all his commands in one precept, Whatsoever you would, that men should do to you, do ye also to them, and adds, For this is the law and the prophets. Pseudochrysostom, for whatsoever the law and the prophets contain up and down through the whole scriptures, is embraced in this one compendious precept, as the innumerable branches of a tree spring from one root. Gregory, he that thinks he ought to do to another as he expects that others will do to him, considers verily how he may return good things for bad or better things for good. Chrysostom, whence what we ought to do is clear, as in our own cases we all know what is proper and so we cannot take refuge in our ignorance. Augustine, this precept seems to refer to the love of our neighbor, not of God, as in another place he says, there are two commandments, on which hang the law and the prophets. But as he says not here, the whole law, as he speaks there, he reserves a place for the other commandment, respecting the love of God. Id, otherwise scripture does not mention the love of God, where it says, all things whatsoever ye would, because he who loves his neighbor must consequently love, love itself above all things. But God is love. Therefore he loves God above all things. Verse 13 and 14. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it augustine the lord had warned us above to have a heart single and pure with which to seek god but as this belongs to but few he begins to speak of finding out wisdom for the searching out and the contemplation whereof there has been formed through all the foregoing such an eye as may discern the narrow way and straight gate whence he adds enter ye in at the straight gate loss, though it be hard to do to another what you would have done to yourself, yet so must we do, that we may enter the straight gate, Chrysostom. otherwise this third precept again is connected with the right method of fasting, and the order of discourse will be this, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, and after comes, enter ye in at the straight gate, for there are three chief passions in our nature that are more adhering to the flesh, the desire of food and drink, the love of the man towards the woman, and thirdly, sleep. These it is harder to cut off from the fleshly nature than the other passions, and therefore abstinence from no other passion so sanctifies the body as that a man should be chaste, abstinent, and continuing in watchings. On account, therefore, of all these righteousnesses, but above all, on account of the most toilsome fasting, it is that he says, Enter ye in at the strait gate. The gate of perdition is the devil, through whom we enter into hell. The gate of life is Christ, through whom we enter into the kingdom of heaven. The devil is said to be the wide gate, not extended by the mightiness of his power, but made broad by the license of his unbridled pride. Christ is said to be the straight gate, not with respect to the smallness of power, but to his humility. For he whom the whole world contains not, shut himself within the limits of the virgin's womb. The way of perdition is sin of any kind. It is said to be broad, because it is not contained within the rule of any discipline. But they that walk therein follow whatever pleases them. The way of life is all righteousness, and is called narrow for the contrary reasons, It must be considered that unless one walk in the way, he cannot arrive at the gate. So they that walk not in the way of righteousness, it is impossible that they should truly know Christ. Likewise, neither does he run into the hands of the devil unless he walks in the way of sinners. Gloss. Though love be wide, yet it leads men from the earth through difficult and steep ways. It is sufficiently difficult to cast aside all other things, To love one only, not to aim at prosperity, not to fear adversity. Chrysostom. But seeing he declares below, My yoke is pleasant and my burden light, how is it that he says here that the way is straight and narrow? Even here he teaches that it is light and pleasant. For here is a way and a gate, as that other, which is called the wide and broad, has also a way and a gate. Of these nothing is to remain, but all pass away. But to pass through toil and sweat, and to arrive at a good end, namely life, is sufficient solace to those who undergo these struggles. For if sailors can make light of storms, and soldiers of wounds and hope, of perishable rewards, much more when heaven lies before, and rewards immortal, will none look to the impending dangers. Moreover, the very circumstance that calls it straight, contributes to make it easy but this he warned them to be always watching this the lord speaks to rouse our desires he who strives in combat if he sees the prince admiring the efforts of the combatants gets greater heart let us not therefore be sad when many sorrows befall us here for the way is straight but not the city therefore neither need we look for rest here nor expect anything of sorrow there When he says, few there be that find it, he points to the sluggishness of the many, and instructs his hearers not to look to the prosperity of the many, but to the toils of the few. To Rome, attend to the words, for they have an especial force. Many walk in the broad way, few find the narrow way, for the broad way needs no search, and is not found, but presents itself readily it is the way of all who go astray whereas the narrow way neither do all find nor when they have found do they straightway walk therein many after they have found the way of truth caught by the pleasures of the world desert midway verse fifteen through twenty beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves you shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles, even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Pseudo Chrysostom. But the Lord had commanded his apostles that they should not do their alms, prayers, and fastings before men, as of the hypocrites, and that they might know that all these things may be done in hypocrisy. He speaks, saying, Take heed of false prophets, Augustine, when the Lord had said that there were few that find the straight gate in narrow way, that heretics who often commend themselves because of the smallness of their numbers might not here intrude themselves, He straightway subjoins, Take heed of false prophets. Chrysostom, Having taught that the gate is straight, because there are many that pervert the way that leads to it, he proceeds, Take heed of false prophets, in the which that they might be the more careful. He reminds them of the things that were done among their fathers, calling them false prophets. For even in that day the like things fell out. Pseudo-Chrysostom. What is written below that the law and the prophets were until John is said because there should be no prophecy concerning Christ after he was come. Prophets indeed there have been and are, but not prophesying of Christ, rather interpreting the things which had been prophesied of Christ by the ancients, that is, by the doctors of the Church. For no man could unfold prophetic meaning The spirit of prophecy. The Lord, then knowing that there should be false teachers, warns them of diverse heresies, saying, Take heed of false prophets. And forasmuch as they would not be manifest Gentiles, but lurk under the Christian name, he said not see ye, but take heed, for a thing that is certain is simply seen, or looked upon, but when it is uncertain, it is watched, or narrowly considered also he says take heed because it is a sure precaution of security to know them whom you avoid but this form of warning take heed does not imply that the devil will introduce heresies against god's will but by his permission only but because he would not choose servants without trial therefore he sends them temptation and because he would not have them perish through ignorance he therefore warns them beforehand also that no heretical teacher might maintain that he spoke here of gentile and jewish teachers and not of them he adds who come to you in sheep's clothing christians are called sheep and the sheep's clothing is a form of christianity and of feigned religion and nothing so casts out all good as hypocrisy for evil that puts on the semblance of good cannot be provided against because it is unknown Again, that the heretic might not allege that he here speaks of the true teachers, which are yet sinners, he adds, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. But Catholic teachers, should they indeed have been sinners, are spoken of as servants of the flesh, yet not as ravening wolves, because it is not their purpose to destroy Christians. Clearly, then, it is of heretical teachers that he speaks, for they put on the guise of Christians, to the end they may tear in pieces, the Christian with the wicked fangs of seduction. Concerning such the Apostle speaks, I know that after my departure there will enter among you grievous wolves, not sparing the flock. Chrysostom, yet he may seem here to have aimed under the title of false prophets, not so much at the heretic, as at those who, while their life is corrupt, yet wear an outward face of virtuousness. Whence it is said, By their fruits ye shall know them. For among heretics it is possible many times to find a good life, but among those I have named never. Augustine. Wherefore it is justly asked, What fruits then he would have us look to? For many esteem among fruits some things which pertain to sheep's clothing, and in this manner are deceived concerning wolves. For they practice fasting, almsgiving, or praying, which they display before men, seeking to please those to whom these things seem difficult. These, then, are not the fruits by which he teaches us to discern them. Those deeds which are done with good intention are the proper fleece of the sheep itself. Such as are done with bad intention or in error are nothing else than a clothing of wolves. But the sheep ought not to hate their own clothing because it is often used to hide wolves. What, then, are the fruits by which we may know an evil tree? The apostle says, The works of the flesh are manifest, which are fornication, uncleanness, etc. And which are they by which we may know a good tree? The same apostle teaches, saying, The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. Chrysostom, The fruits of a man are the confessions of his faith, and the works of his life for he who utters according to god the words of humility and a true confession is the sheep but he who is against the truth howls forth blasphemies against god is a wolf jerome what is here spoken of false prophets we may apply to all whose dress and speech promise one thing and their actions exhibit another but it is speedily to be understood of heretics who by observing temperance chastity and fasting surround themselves as it were with a garment of sanctity but inasmuch as their hearts within them are poisoned they deceive the souls of the more simple brethren augustine but from their actions we may conjecture whether this their outward appearance is put on for display for when by any temptations those things are withdrawn or denied them which they had either attained Or sought to attain by this evil then needs must that it appear whether they be the wolf in sheep's clothing or the sheep in his own gregory also the hypocrite is restrained by peaceful times of holy church and therefore appears clothed with godliness but let any trial of faith ensue straight the wolf ravenous at heart strips himself of his sheep's skin and shows by persecuting how great his rage against the good! Chrysostom And a hypocrite is easily discerned, for the way they are commanded to walk is a hard way, and the hypocrite is loth to toil. And that you may not say that you are unable to find out them that are such, he again enforces what he had said by example from men, saying, Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Chrysostom. The grape has in it a mystery of Christ, as the bunch sustains many grapes held together by the woody stem, so likewise Christ holds many believers joined to him by the wood of the cross. The fig, again, is the church which binds many faithful by sweet embrace of charity, as the fig contains many seeds enclosed in one skin. The fig, then, has these significations, namely love in its sweetness, unity in the close adhesion of its seeds. And the grape is shown patience, in that it is cast into the winepress. Joy, because wine maketh glad the heart of man. Purity, because it is not mixed with water, and sweetness, in that it delighteth. The thorns and thistles are the heretics, and as a thorn or thistle has sharp pricks on every part, so the devil's servants, on whatsoever side you look at them, are full of wickedness thorns and thistles, then, of this sort, cannot bear the fruits of the church, and having instanced in particular trees as the fig, the vine, the thorn, and the thistle. He proceeds to show that this is universally true, saying, Thus every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but an evil tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Augustine. In this place we must guard against the error of such as imagine that the two trees refer to two different natures, the one of God, the other not. But we affirm that they derive no countenance from these two trees, as it will be evident to any who will read the context that he is speaking here of men. Id. These men of whom we have spoken are offended with these two natures, not concerning them according to their true usefulness, whereas it is not by our advantage or disadvantage, but in itself considered that nature give glory to her framer. All natures, then, that are, because they are, have their own manner, their own appearance, and, as it were, their own harmony, and are altogether good. Chrysostom. But that none should say, an evil tree bringeth forth indeed evil fruit, but it brings forth also good, and so it becomes hard to discern, as it has a twofold appearance. On this account he adds, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can an evil tree bring forth good fruit. Augustine, from this speech the Manichees suppose that neither can a soul that is evil be possibly changed for the better, nor one that is good into worse. As though it had been, a good tree cannot become bad, nor a bad tree become good. Whereas it is, thus said, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, nor the reverse. The tree is the soul, that is, the man himself. The fruit is the man's works. An evil man, therefore, cannot work good works, nor a good man evil works. Therefore, if an evil man would work good things, let him first become good. But as long as he continues evil, he cannot bring forth good fruits. Like as it is indeed possible that what was once snow should cease to be so, but it cannot be that snow should be warm. So it is possible that he who has been evil should be so no longer. But it is impossible that an evil man should do good, for though he may sometimes be useful, it is not he that does it, but it comes of divine providence superintending. Robin and man is denominated a good tree or a bad after his will as it is good or bad his fruit is his works which can neither be good when the will is evil nor evil when it is good augustine but it is manifest that all evil works proceed from an evil will as its fruits from an evil tree so of this evil will itself whence will you say that it has sprung except that the evil will of an angel sprung from an angel, of man from man. And what were these two before those evils arose in them, but the good work of God, a good and praiseworthy nature? See then, out of good arises evil. Nor was there anything at all out of which it might arise, but what was good. I mean the evil will itself, since there was no evil before it, no evil works which could not come but from the evil will as fruit from an evil tree nor can it be said that it sprung out of good in this way because it was made good by a good god for it was made of nothing and not of god jerome we would ask those heretics who affirm that there are two natures directly opposed to each other if they admit that a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit How it was possible for Moses, a good tree, to sin as he did at the water of contradiction, or for Peter to deny his Lord in the Passion, saying, I know not the man, or how, on the other hand, could Moses' father-in-law, an evil tree, inasmuch as he believed not in the God of Israel, give good counsel. Chrysostom, he had not enjoined them to punish the false prophets, and therefore shows them the terrors of that punishment that is of god saying every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire and these words he seems to aim also at the jews and thus calls to mind the word of john the baptist denouncing punishment against them in the very same words for he had thus spoken to the jews warning them of the acts impending the tree that should be cut down and the fire that could not be extinguished. But if one will examine somewhat closely, here are two punishments, to be cut down and to be burned. And he that is burned is also cut out of the kingdom, which is the harder punishment. Many indeed fear no more than hell. But I say that the fall of that glory is a far more bitter punishment than the pains of hell itself for what evil great or small would not a father undergo that he might see and enjoy a most dear son let us then think the same of that glory for there is no son so dear to his father as is the rest of the good to be deceased and to be with christ the pain of hell is indeed intolerable yet are ten thousand hells nothing to falling from that blessed glory and being held in hate by christ gloss from the foregoing similitude he draws the conclusion to what he had said before as being now manifest saying therefore by their fruits ye shall know them and matthew seven verses seven through twenty